the DMV Dine-In Podcast, where we highlight the best restaurants, featuring the most talented chefs and bartenders, top restaurant owners, and the savviest local foodies in the DMV. I'm your host, Elena Spinola. Come dine with us, DMV style. Hey, DMV diners. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of the DMV Dine-In Podcast. We are thrilled to bring our love of the DMV food scene to you. On this episode of the DMV Dine-In, we're learning more about seafood extraordinaire and restaurant entrepreneur, Greg Kasten, and his sustainable seafood company, ProFish. Greg is also the owner of a few of the most popular DC restaurants, including Tony and Joe's, Nick's Riverside Grill, and Ivy City Smokehouse. Today, we're on location just down the river in Southwest at Greg's newest restaurant called The Point DC. Greg, thanks so much for having us today. Oh, thank you, Elaine. It's really a pleasure. It's, it's all our pleasure. We're thrilled to be here. Um, and I understand you've been in the fish and food industry for over 40 years. A long time. A long time. Well, I actually grew up south of Boston in a little beach town. And one of my jobs, aside from flipping hamburgers like all young kids, was a deckhand on a lobster boat. That's how I sort of got into all this. So that's how it all started. Yes, it did. Fast forward a little bit, and then so you started there, and then in 40 years, can you put that in like a minute? Like how did you I can you put that in a minute. I moved to Washington in 1985 and went to work for my uncle at a place called the Dancing Crab, which was a Washington institution known f- throughout the land, mainly because the Redskins and Sonny Jurgensen loved to hang out there, and all the news channels would come in. So it, it really was a popular place. He decided to open Tony and Joe's. He is the owner. He and I are partners there now, but he's really the owner. Um, from Tony and Joe's, we opened Nick's Riverside Grill. They were seafood restaurants. I would bring fish from my old partner that I worked with up in Boston, and we started Pro Fish on the side. And then um, as we grew along, Pro Fish had a uh, uh, smoke piece that became Ivy City Smokehouse. Upstairs from that, my smoke master, Michelin Award-winning chef Ron Goodman, and I decided to do a restaurant called Ivy City Smokehouse. That's there now. And then seeing the value and the beauty and the fun of Tony and Joe's in the water, when Buzzard Point became available, I jumped at it. And that's how we got to Point DC. And that's how we got here. That was an awesome recap. There and you, you make it sound so easy. Well, we did this, and then we landed into this. And I, and I know it's a lot of hard work and effort, which is why all of these endeavors are so successful. Uh, everybody knows Tony and Joe's and Nick's Riverside Grill, of course, in the Georgetown waterfront. Um, tell us more about ProFish. Exactly what is it, and, and how is it that you do all of that so well? I know it's a very successful business. So ProFish is really a wholesale distributor that goes from Hoboken, New Jersey, to Virginia Beach. And really, I have a partner there, Tim Lydon, who came on very early. And we are both committed to service. And in the end of the day, just like in a restaurant, service in a seafood company is a differential. And service means what? Service means being open on Sunday when nobody else was. Service means cutting the fish the way the chef wants it. Service means going to see the chef with your cutters and saying, learn how to do this so that we can do it exactly the way you want it every time. Service means finding that fish in the middle of Europe or the middle of South Africa or even China. I've been to China, I've been to Chile, I've been to Europe. Uh, it, it means doing whatever it takes to bring the freshest, most exotic, most fun, most sustainable product that you can to your customers. And we're committed to it, and that's why it's successful. Yeah, thank you for that. It, it, it sounds like it. Obviously, you're going the extra mile 
and uh, I, I can certainly see why why you have been so successful. Speaking of, of great service, and you also do a lot of, I guess, like public service in the way of charitable uh, endeavors through your many businesses. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I, I heard of something called Charity Off the Hook. Charity Off the Hook. John Morapaz brainstorm, right? Charity. So we're committed as neighborhood and community businesses to really just trying to reach out to the community that we're in, not necessarily for the glory and, and, and knowing, but we'll go work with a local community center or we'll go work with the ANC or we'll find some people in the community that really know people who need help. I mean, we've fixed people's windows, we've given them meals, we've lent them money, we've given them jobs to start. We just try to do whatever it is that somebody really needs to help. And then along came John R., who is one of our great salesmen and, and one of the great um, fish knowledges in D.C., really is. He deserves a lot of kudos for that. Came up and said, you really should let people know what you do, and you really should have some cause and raise some money. People will give to that. And Charity Off the Hook became an event that we did aimed at selecting five or six local charities. Brooklyn's Woman, um, uh, I forget, Brooklyn's Woman, they help um, young pregnant women and, and whatnot, and as one example, um, we did something with the Arboretum and, and teaching kids how to plant trees is another example, and, and that's what Charity Off the Hook became, is really a beacon to raise money, primarily through our vendors at ProFish, and to take that money and spread it back out to the community that needed, including fishermen. We would also look for fishermen who have a very tough way of life sometimes. People don't realize how hard it can be to fish. Um, and that, anyway, that, that developed. Now yeah. that event, Charity Off the Hook, went away with the pandemic and we're working now to bring it back and hope to have it coming again this April. Mm-hmm. So more to that, more on that later. More on that later. Thank you for talking about that because I think, you know, when people think of restaurants, they don't always think about all of the many things and the impact that you have on the community. They're thinking, well, you serve great food and we love to come here. But um, any great business person, especially that has been in business, as long as you have in the DC community, they're doing great things for the community. And it's, it's, it's great to hear about that. And also the more you talk about it, the more people say, oh, I might want to be involved in that or learn more about that. So I love sharing those pieces too. Well, that's nice. The, the other thing we try to do is in our organization, we have 575 employees and over 200 of them have been with us for over 15 to 18 years. The tenure is very long. And the same thing applies. We try to really help those that work with us and treat them more like a family than just an employee. Sometimes that hurts and backfires and you pay a price for it, but more often than not, it's very rewarding and the reward becomes a mutual loyalty from you to the employee and the employee back to your business. And I think consistency is the most important thing in a restaurant. And when you have that with your your staff and consistency, it's easy to just let that flow through. Absolutely. And I, I believe when I was reading up about you, I, I read a lot about you wanting to employ and work with as many local vendors as possible, just keeping it local. I, obviously, you're sourcing elsewhere probably too, but it sounded like that was something important to you, the local economy and the, the people here locally. It, it, it really is important to keep your food source as local as you can. And it's unimaginably hard to do that with the, the corporate farms and the massive commercial fishing and, and farming and, and beef raising that goes on. But 
where we can, when we can, as we can, we always try to reach out for that local. In fact, my chef at Tony and Joe's, Dave Stein, who does a terrific job, just brought me a, uh, a rancher from Pennsylvania who has enough cows or steer that he can supply us with the meat that we want. So instead of buying what they call box beef or the traditional, it looks like we're going to switch to this farmer and have our own make, if you will, yeah. without branding it, without trying to make it something more sure. than just a guy who's raising cattle yeah. just on the other side of the Pennsylvania line. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you mentioned COVID, uh, and I'm glad to hear that all of your restaurants are still here. A lot of that's not the case for a lot of restaurants around the country and here in the D.C. area. Uh, just in a nutshell, what was that like for you? Was it uh, obviously you're here on the other side, so that's great, but... Challenging. What was important to us was to keep the core of our people employed. Um, that in the backdrop backdrop of government shutdowns and um, customer concerns was very, very difficult. Uh, we converted, for instance, at, at Tony and Joe's and Nick's Riverside Grill in Washington Harbor. We converted and did an outside. We actually grilled outside and we had people outside. It, it didn't make us money, but it actually kept several of our key kitchen employees able to be able to work throughout that time. Um, in addition to the paltry aid that I know everyone thinks everyone's living off the lamb here with the pandemic, but particularly the restaurant industry who was already at the lower spectrum of the pay were really hit hard by that. So they needed every dollar of help they could get and every dollar of work they could get. And we were happy to be able to try to do that with a pandemic. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I can imagine how grateful they were that they were able to keep their jobs. And again, here we are thriving. Uh, now we're at the Point DC. When did you open the Point DC? The Point opened in May of 2021, actually right in the middle of the pandemic. Okay. And Buzzard Point, what was your kind of inspiration? I mean, how did this, hey, I'm going to go down there in this new waterfront and open a brand new restaurant. What was the... So, you know, Buzzard Point, as a longtime Washingtonian, it is, it is really funny because this is like where, I don't want to say mayors go to die, but I mean, this is where, you know, the Pepco plant was here. It was very dark. There were no residents. There was nothing here. It was very mysterious. And... You know, restaurants like to be avant-garde, so I came over to look at it because of what... And when I saw the view, and I realized that it was at the confluence of the Potomac and the Anacostia River, and I'm a big history guy, and all the history at Fort McNair, and everything that surrounded Washington that happened here, it just cried out to be a restaurant and to be a social area and a social space. It's also the terminus of the Anacostia River Walk, um, which is a nice thing um, to have, right? At, in, in Georgetown, we have the terminus of the canal that goes all the way to uh, Pittsburgh. This river walk goes out into Prince George's County and beyond, wow. I believe. Yeah. So we, you know, we like to be at the point of things, and yeah. hence we named it the Point DC. I love it. That's great. And Greg, I got to tell you, this is beautiful. I mean, this restaurant in particular is gorgeous and we're going to talk about that in a minute because I know you've won uh, some best restaurant design award from design magazine and I can see why but also the area as you said you know I don't know how many years ago but like you said a mysterious area that not a lot was going on down here as I drove through new construction beautiful buildings I mean there's a beautiful high-rise right next door that's gorgeous so I guess up and coming is the word for that's this. that's a great word to put it and they've even lit up the old Pepco plants 
And if you look in front of the Pepco plant, there's a lot of apparatus that over the next 10 years will be abandoned and will be gone. So yeah. 6,000 homes here by 2028. All right. So, so a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, and soon appear out in front of our place. For the last three years, I've been quietly working to get the Army Corps of Engineers, the Park Service, uh, the district government, the district department environment on the same page to allow us to put a dock outside. Part of what we're going to do with that dock is try to help the um, Anacostia Watershed um, team plant more mussels and do some sustainable things out in the, in the river. Part of it, what we're going to do, hopefully, is get people to be able to access Audi Stadium easier. I'm sure you've heard of the traffic jams they've had and, of course, the Nationals Park. Um, and part of it's to have a little fun here at the restaurant, too. Yeah, well, all exciting things. That's really, that's really great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the design of this restaurant. It is simply beautiful. It's quite large. You have a lot of different spaces. Um, tell us about the spaces. Tell us, what, if someone hasn't been here, tell us about the indoor, the outdoor, the garden patios. <laughs> There is a lot of space here. So Core Architecture was our architect firm, and we gave them a couple words. I wanted it to be seafood-centric. I wanted it to be sturdy and represent men that work hard and women that work hard in this industry. And if you look throughout, we have uh, two private dining rooms, one we call the green room, one we call the private dining room. Uh, both have green walls within them. Um, part of the attractiveness of the space was the 22 foot high ceilings. If you look, we have four columns of living walls. All of that is run by an irrigation system. Their plants are constantly fed. Amazingly, the temperature varies very much with the higher you get up. So we have to actually alter how much water goes during the day at a certain period of time, really difficult. Wow. If you look at the bar, over the top of the bar, really there's a, if, if you would imagine a ship, like uh, you know, a ship of the line in the Napoleon area or something, that's the internal of what you would see on the inside versus the outside. It's made with burnt cypress. I love it. Over the uh, booths, we have nice spacious booths that people can enjoy. These lanterns are reflective of what you might see in a, a, an old shack down mm -hmm. on you know Mobile, Alabama, mm -hmm. or off the Gulf of, of in Louisiana or something or Texas. Um, we of course have a raw bar where we serve oysters from all up and down the Chesapeake Bay. We work closely with a number of them. We have sushi. Uh, we have tin fish that we have brought in. We have 160 seats on the outside bar. Uh, the bar can will soon be closable off in the winter time so that you'll be able to have a private event out there. And like I say, when that deck's built, we'll have another little uh, 100 seating platform right over the Potomac that really nobody except maybe Tony and Joe's has. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you, if you're listening and you haven't been down here, you need to come down here. This is a beautiful restaurant right on the riverfront. I mean, you're, you're sitting here looking at the river, all these different spaces. I haven't seen the garden patios, but I was impressed just to hear a restaurant has both an east and west garden patio. That's lovely. We also have some really big fire pits. We got one that goes up five feet and four that'll keep you warm a little bit if it's maybe not today. The wind is blowing today, but... Uh yeah, that's awesome. This is beautiful. I love it. It feels great in here and it's so spacious. And the other thing I love is all of these windows. A lot of natural light and just you feel like you're... You feel like you're on a cruise ship. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Uh, you mentioned the menu. You said raw bar, sushi bar. Tell us a little bit about the wood-fired grill. So, uh, you know, I love a wood-fired grill. Anything cooked on a hamburger, chicken, 
a, a whole fish particularly we have a whole bronzini that we put on the wood fire grill we play around with whole halibut uh, you know i'm trying to work on our website where you can order like a 20 pound halibut and we'll cook the whole thing for your party of 10 or 20 slowly over the course of two or three hours and harder said than done mm. to get that to to stay in place but um the, the natural flavors that come with the hardwood and the lack of gas use is really wonderful for us. And it, it, it lets us create products and specials every day that people love. Yeah, that's awesome. Beautiful. Uh, last question. Tell us about your chef. Chef, well, it's a, this has been a, a, a collaboration of, of, of a number of chefs. I mentioned Dave Stein. He does a lot of our stuff across the spectrum. Ron Goodman is another one who uh, focused primarily on the smokehouse but was involved here in the creation and the direction. And then um, Sacha Gumji is here now as the chef du jour who's helping those two's ideas come to fruition. And Sacha is now putting his own um, uh, uh, touch on it which we're starting to see more and more of these fresh fish specials every day and he just loves to get his hands dirty with fish so that's my kind of chef that's your kind of chef i love it well we have come to the point in our interview that we call the lightning round greg where we just kind of ask you just questions about what you love just whatever comes to the top of your mind it's meant to be fun so here we go you ready i'm ready all right what would you say is your favorite dish on the menu you know i eat the tin fish every time I get here and people don't realize how good that is and the way we serve it here is with five different accoutrements it's not your traditional here's a piece of tin fish and a cracker it's got all sorts of of little tastes that go on top of it and by the time you're done it's satisfying it's really fun to eat and it's really good for you tin fish all right if you're listening Greg loves a tin fish. You should try it. (laughs) I think when the restaurant owner says this is my favorite, that's probably something you want to try. Go-to brunch item. So this is an interesting one. We're getting ready to bring back a a buffet-style brunch, but right now we have a la carte. Um, And I love the steamship. I just love to see beef carved fresh, Mm. and it's going to be cooked on the wood fire grill right in front of you and and sliced off. So I'm going to go with a future item of the steamship as my favorite brunch okay, item. I bet it smells so good in here with that wood fire. Just unbelievable. Yeah. I love the smell, and you can actually smell it as you walk up outside because yeah. it exhausts off the side, and it, it, it gets you ready. Yes, you that's know, you one way. You walk in really expecting. Yes, you do. Your like, mouth is watering before you even get in. Um, favorite drink on the menu, if you have one? You know, there's a bourbon smash out there uh, that everybody loves. I, myself, am a Scotch man. I like Laphroaig. So it's hard for me to go into some of the the drinks, but I know drinks are very popular and they make this blackberry bourbon smash Mm. that people seem to line up for. All right. Um, This is a hard one because you've got such a beautiful space, but what would you say is the best seat in the house? If there is one best seat. So like a lot if someone of calls pe- and they're like, I have a special occasion, I want the best seat in the house, where would you put them? So my first question would be, do you want to be seen or do you not want to be seen? Ah. But there are three booths that sit opposite the bar that look out over the river that are extremely comfortable, extremely popular. And then my favorite seat, there's two booths that are tucked away in the corner that when you sit in them, they hold six people and you get nothing but a view of the river and there's high backs on them. Nobody would even know you're in here. In uh, fact, I often say, there's nobody in here and they go, no, no, they're in the booth. Oh, right, so. right, right, right. Um, favorite dessert on the menu? Ooh, I love key lime. Oh, me too. Here it's succulent too. It's got great whipped cream on it. Yeah. 
key lime pie. Um, most memorable night in the restaurant's history. Eesh. So we were talking about that one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you were going to ask me that question. We did have a fire on opening night that brought 13 fire trucks. Oh, boy. That was certainly memorable. It was actually a learning curve on how to work with a, an open grill and a highly sophisticated um, uh, exhaust system. But, you know, every Friday night here, every Saturday night, I walk in the vibe. It's so fun. It is too hard to pick one mm. night is the best because you never know who you're going to see. Yeah. And you walk to that outside bar and there'll be people all around it. And, you know, from a, a regular one of our other restaurants to, you know, I, I don't know, William Shatner or somebody oh, cool. will walk in and, and you'll see them or a politician there. It's just a fun place to be. And, and. It's got coves, so you can feel like you're alone, but it's got open space, so you can feel like you're at a big party. Yeah, I and love when it. The, the sun is out and the wind is blowing, it's just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere, and they're all my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, of course, I would imagine that The Point, Nick's Riverside, Tony and Joe's, uh, the Ivy City Smokehouse, these are your probably favorite restaurants. You own them, but mm-hmm. we always love to ask restaurant owners, um, are there any other other restaurants in the D.C. area that you love? You know, you're going out to dinner. Maybe you, know, you don't want to go to where you work every day. I like to eat at the Blue Duck Tavern every oh, now too. and again. It's a really wonderful place. I like Italian. I like Tosca, which a lot of people don't really know about or hear about. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, you know, for family gatherings, we always go to the Prime Rib. We've been doing uh, that for 50 years, right? And yeah. you just feel like you're connected there of somehow. Course. So those would be my three choices outside of... You know, but there's so many wonderful ones. And one of the negatives of owning and being in a restaurant and it's demanding that you're being there all the time is you don't get to experience. Really, D.C. is such a, a wonderful culture of restaurants. And there's so many people that want to open them and be a part of this culture that everywhere you look, and right? There's Shaw, there's, there's 14th Street, there's Georgetown, there's Ivy City. There's all these little neighborhoods. And, and now they're going to start opening up on the other side of the river, which a lot of people haven't gone to. It's just beautiful. Anacostia mm-hmm. is, is, is beautiful. It used to be an old Italian neighborhood. People don't realize that. They think it's different. Mm-hmm. That's where all the Italians used to live. Like, I'm from Boston. All the Italians used to live in the North End. So. Well, I just want to personally thank you. I, I feel like I grew up going to Tony and Joe's. And uh, I mentioned earlier, that's where my husband and I pretty much met down in the Georgetown waterfront. So it's like very special to me. I'm sure a lot of people feel like that. A lot of stories from Tony and Joe. 1987. That yeah. one's been around a long time. Yep. And a lot of fun we've had there. It's really been a. It's it is. It's 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 become what the dancing crab was a Washington institution. Mm-hmm. And my uncle Tony is just he loves it. He walks around and says hello to every single table. Mm-hmm. He's 84 now and he's been in that business every day along my side. He's it's just great. It's good family. Good family run traditional yeah well i've got to tell you every time i have a friend visiting and i always have friends visiting in dc where should i go they have no idea and i'm always telling them oh you got to go down to the georgetown waterfront (laughs) tony and joe's or nick's riverside grill you got to go there it's like a you know popular dc staple so keep it up keep telling them well the next place they need to come is the point dc and um greg i really want to thank you for this interview Uh, this is a lot of fun and i learned a lot so i appreciate it thank you Thanks. You're welcome anytime. Come in and have some fun. Have some oysters. We will. Uh, We want to thank you all for listening, and we want to make sure that you check out The Point DC. Again, it's located in the newest 
DC waterfront destination, Buzzard Point. You can follow them on social media at The Point DC. And don't forget to follow us at the DMV Dine-In. If you like this episode, give us a like and give us a review too. Until next time, I'm Elaine Espinola. Thanks for dining with us DMV style. Cheers. <laughs>